All right, gentlemen, you ready to go? You ready to do this here to fill in for Glenn? Absolutely. I will tell you, I am ready because I, I'm. this is going to be the most awkward segue ever. But it does matter. I made sure to put on my Tommy John underwear this morning. I'm wearing them right now. Well, if not this day, when, Steve? <laughs> it is. Uh, it is the absolute greatest underwear in America. Yeah, they give me these scripts to talk about it, but I can't say anything better than it's the only underwear that I buy. Because um, ever since I had a chance to try it, uh, I've not bought any other underwear. I don't just, it's multiple pairs. It, I'm just not wearing the same one over and over again. Not that maybe you cared. Uh, anyway. But they it, could hold up to it, darn it. Yes, they could. Absolutely. Find out why uh, they've got 17 million pairs sold why they don't have uh, customers but fanatics. Uh, go to TommyJohn.com slash Beck. Save 25% today. TommyJohn.com slash Beck. Save 25% today. Here we go. 15 seconds. What is happening right now is the most cynical, nihilistic attempt to bait the citizenry, perhaps, in all of American history. We will not take that bait, but we're not going to put up with it either. Today, how to fight back peaceably, but aggressively. That is our focus today on the Glenn Beck Program. On 9-11, 2,977 people were killed in terrorist attacks on American soil. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families ever since when a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind. Tunnel to Towers pays off their mortgage to lift a financial burden, bring the family to financial stability. U.S. Army Specialist Jason Wheeler is one of those heroes. U.S. Army Specialist Jason Wheeler uh, re-enlisted after 9-11, but a training accident injuries left him unable to walk. After years of trying to manage, Specialist Wheeler and his family moved into a mortgage-free smart home that was custom-designed for his needs. Our nation's heroes, people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, they need our help. Help those heroes and their families join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at, t, at t2t.org. That's T, the number two, t.org. It has... It's been a great weekend. I, I wanna I wanna begin with something. 
uh, that may seem a little ordinary, uh, a little humdum. Uh, we are the Steve Day Show. We are filling in uh, here on the Glenn Beck program here on the Tuesday post Labor Day. And over the weekend, um, I got a chance to move my mama back home here to Iowa. That was the good news. The bad news is that's the first time I got suckered into helping somebody move in 15 years. And I'm reminded how much it sucks, but uh, it was it was for a worthy cause for my mom to come back home. Uh, I got a chance to enjoy uh, uh, high school football uh, Friday night with my son. Uh, I got a chance the next day with my son and a good buddy of mine to uh, watch our beloved uh, Michigan Wolverines uh, kick off uh, the college football season. Saw a lot of great uh, college football over the weekend. My my wife surprised me with uh, tickets to the 40th anniversary Fathom event edition of one of my all-time favorite films, uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Got to go see that. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, got her her wedding dress arrived today. She's getting married here in about a month and a half. Um, my youngest daughter uh, is freaking me out with her first serious boyfriend. <laughs> okay. Um, what else? Um uh, Todd, you got to go down to the University of Arkansas and watch your oldest yeah. compete on the highest collegiate uh, stage, uh, you know, for the University of Arkansas uh, playing uh, Division One soccer. You got to do that over the weekend. I mean, that's a dream come true yes. for any parent, right? Aaron got a dream come true. Uh, ben got yet to have Ben probably fall asleep on your chest while you watched Iowa win with two safeties no, no, and a no, field no. goal. The dream coming true was that last part: two safeties and a field goal. Yes, baby. the That's most Iowa, Iowa the most Iowa Hawkeye win of all time. Why? Why do we bring all these things up here at the top of the program? I mean, they, this isn't really that much different than probably what went on in a lot of American households over this Labor Day weekend. Here's why: it is these moments. These benchmarks, these experiences, these things that previous generations of Americans took for granted unless they were faced with an external threat that are being threatened right now. But these threats are coming internally. The calls are coming from inside the house. There are beyond nefarious forces at work in our culture today. Every war in all of human history has been a culture war. Every war has been. The style of war, propaganda, militaristic, the style of war may change, but the cause of the war has always been the same. My culture will dominate yours. My culture will replace yours. I'm trying to preserve my culture save it from yours. All wars in the over 6,000 years of recorded human history, all of them have been culture wars. We are in the midst of one in America right now. What has gone on from this White House in these last few days, and, and, and this is saying something after the last 29 months of COVID stan, Kavanaugh before that, what we've all endured here these last few years, really unprecedented levels of deception. But we have sunk to a new level of nihilistic cynicism, and I apologize not for the redundancy there. We have sunk to a new level of nihilistic cynicism with the antics of this senile disgrace of a presidency and their attempts to bait you into behaving the way they do, the way they behave at 
every time we see Antifa, every George Floyd funeral, the way they behave, you know, every mostly peaceful protest, an attempt to bait you into this after they tried to entrap you into it on January 6th. Now they want to bait you into something worse. But don't take the cynical ploy and props to all of us for not taking the bait the last few days. Don't take this cynical ploy to mean they don't mean it. They do. This is a man who, over the weekend, said, I beat Big Pharma. Last year at this time, he was attempting to turn you and I all into their test tube lab rat guinea pigs for a non-working shot with an escalating and more dangerous risk profile every single day. Or you could not work. Mark of the Beast kind of left behind book stuff. This is what he tried to do at this time last year. And he announced it on September the 9th in total violation of every syllable, morsel, consonant, and vowel of the social compact, the Constitution, the Nuremberg Code, the Bible, anything you hold sacred and holy in this world for decency. He did it a full month after his own CDC admitted on national television the shots wouldn't even stop you from getting or spreading the virus anyway, but he was willing to hand you over to non-elected, non-accountable, non-suable entities, perhaps make you infertile, give you a never-ending ringing in your ears, myocarditis, a heart attack, sudden adult death syndrome. No, these attempts to bait us are cynical but, and nihilistic, but that does not mean they're not serious. During the course of the U.S. Civil War, and I know a lot of you know this history because you listen to the Glenn Black program, so you're historians, because Glenn is. During the course of the Civil War, Lincoln did everything he could to not sink into cynic, cynical nihilism, to anticipate that the time would come when we'd have to reunify into one nation again. And it would be more difficult than ever. More Americans were still killed at Antietam than any singular event in all of American history. So before you casually invoke time for a civil war, brah, and all that kind of stuff, understand the carnage that ensues. You know who wants a civil war? Hell. Because they hate each side of this argument just the same. It was going to be difficult enough with the carnage to reunite into a singular country when it was over. Which is why over and over again you watch Lincoln, despite the devastation on the battlefields, take the high road rhetorically. Never before in all of American history has there been an attempt to bait, demagogue, discredit domestic political opposition, or at least half the country, like what is happening right now with this regime. We cannot take the bait, but we also can't just stand here and take it either. Nine weeks from today, there will be an election. It will likely go well to some degree for the Republicans, but a lot of them, frankly, you and I both know, aren't going to be worth the effort you'll make to go to the polling booth to vote for them. So if we lack, outside of the state of Florida and a few other places, if we lack real political representation, how do we fight back? Peaceably, but aggressively. 
That will be the subject that we will discuss for the next three hours right here on the Glenn Beck Program. If you are looking to get involved in the real estate market during these, Todd, are you ready? Unprecedented times. Bing. Uh, make sure uh, that you check out our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's times like this that you need the absolute best real estate agent on your side guiding you every step of the way. That's where Real Estate Agents I Trust comes in. I started, or Glenn started this company. This is what happens when you hand me Glenn's reads. Glenn started this uh, pronouns. Is that, my, is that the first time we've ever invoked incorrect pronoun usage in the history of this show and meant it without cynicism or, or parody? Pronouns. Glenn started this company a number of years ago with uh, his brother as a free service to you. And what they do is pair you up with the absolute best agents in your area, making sure you get the best deal when you go to buy and the best price when you go to sell. You can check them out for yourself today. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. 10-second station ID. We're going to be joined here in a moment by our good friend, Daniel Horowitz. I want to show you a visual, though. Uh, can we throw that up there really quick, Aaron? A side-by-side -side visual. The color scheme here oddly matches. There, if you're watching on Blaze TV, on the right is the cover of a new book. Uh, Pre-sales are out right now. Uh, my my uh, co-author is going to join us here in a minute, Daniel Horowitz. Rise of the Fourth Reich confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial so this never happens again. You can, uh, it's framed like a Nuremberg trial. We go back and, uh, and show you where literally the bodies are buried from lockdowns to masks to the jabs, who is responsible, who needs to be held accountable with a Nuremberg-like trial. Pre-sales are available right now at amazon.com. You can read the opening argument. Again, it's framed just like a legal proceeding. We don't have chapters. We have witnesses. You can read the opening argument right now for free at trialsandexecution.com. Trials is plural, execution singular. Trialsandexecution.com. But if you see that cover there, when we put this out a month ago, we had no idea Joe Biden was going to give the speech that he did the color scheme there. For those of you that thought, hey, that's a little over the top, rise of the Fourth Reich, truth, ladies and gentlemen, and fellow non-binary beings, is much stranger than fiction. And we bring Daniel Horowitz onto the program now, my co-author uh, of Rise of the Fourth Reich. Brother, when you saw the visual of the desecration, I mean, that's, that wasn't a speech. That was a desecration of Independence Hall. I mean, for his next parlor trick, why doesn't Antiochus Epiphanes just slaughter a pig on the altar? I'm sorry. Why doesn't Biden just slaughter a pig on the altar? I mean, that was a desecration of Independence Hall. When you saw that visual and then the cover of our book, dude, I mean, I don't know if that's coincidence, providence, serendipity, but it's freaking creepy. Hey, Steve, it's reflective of everything we are seeing from the other side. They tell you exactly what they're going to do. This is what is so bizarre about everything that's happened in the last two and a half years. You don't have to believe some sort of right-wing blog or conspiracy. They do it out in the open. 
hey, yeah, a bunch of people are dying. Oh, the shots don't work, so therefore you have to get more. The mask didn't work, therefore you need the shot. But then the shots didn't work, therefore you need the, the mask. And you will do it anyway. It it doesn't matter. It's like they'll tell you one thing and then their policies will be the opposite and people lop it up. It reminds me of that news service uh Last generation, there was a news service that they would, you know, very seriously give over the news. And while they were doing it, they would blithely take off their clothes. And you're like, wait, wait, what, what am I looking at? <laughs> um, so th th that's what it's like. They tell you what they're going to do. It's just it's bizarre. I think they're not the issue. We're the issue. We don't take it seriously enough. Um, maybe that speech was a turning point. I don't know. But that's why we warned about this. Whether it's COVID fascism, food, fuel, there is nothing they won't do to achieve their goals. And yes, if that means killing millions of people, millions of people around the globe from the creation of the gain of function virus, the blocking of treatment for it, and then the creation of a vaccine that, oh my gosh, Steve, every hour more information comes out about it on the causal relationship everywhere perfectly lining up with the demographics and the timing to indicate uh, record excess deaths and then plummeting birth rates um, right nine months after the take up of, of uh, uh, childbearing women getting the vaccine. Steve, yeah, this is the Fourth Reich, so I'm glad the color scheme finally caught up to it. You mentioned, I mean, there's so much data coming out now. I mean, uh, Katie barred the door. I can't even keep up with it, brother. I, I know you're on top of it. So I don't I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to ask you because I don't want to leave any everything out. But the amount of data that is coming out now about these jabs, I'll just hand it to you. you where do you want to even start on just what's come out in the last few days or, or week or two? So the most important thing is this study um, published in Vaccine. Okay, that's the journal, and they they gave a lot of problems with it. They delayed that for months, but finally it was indeed published. Um, it's written by European, American, Australian researchers. Uh, a lot of people are fam familiar with Peter Doshi, who is uh, one of the authors. He is the editor of the British Medical Journal. That's their version and, of a JAMA for people that don't know what exactly. that is. Yeah. And combined, there was a 16% higher risk of serious adverse events of special interest. Basically what they did, this is the only one of its kind. They did a follow-up of all cause, I would say hospitalization, but hospitalization is one of the manifestations of a serious adverse event. Um, but this is basically death, long-term disability, life-threatening. So you could have a very serious uh, adverse event that doesn't fit the bill. This is very, very serious, including death. Um, all cause among the trial groups of Moderna and Pfizer compared to the placebo. Now, to be clear, it's only six months. It was very early on, and it was before the boosters, which we know is it, 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 there's numerous studies out now that show it's dose-dependent, and there's been exponentially more deaths um, from those that got three, four shots. So this is only the first two. And they found a rate of 12.5 per 10,000 Again, serious adverse events of special interest, that's one in 800. If you would do my rough math would, you know, if you take the number of people that got the shots in the U.S. and the world, that would work out to be 448,000 people in the U.S. dead or seriously, seriously life-threatening life injuries wow. and 10.6 million around the world. And again, that was just the first six months. That's just before the, before the boosters. Um, 
they found obviously more deaths in the and, and serious injury in the Moderna trial because of um, you know it's it's just a higher dose, 100 micrograms, and they straight up paired it against the benefit so uh, for, uh, in reduced hospitalization. So for example, in Pfizer, the excess risk of serious adverse events was 10.1 per 10,000, um, meaning they had a slight amount of efficacy in the original. A strain. Now, it very likely caused more dominant strains to come, so that was washed out later. But right off the bat, from day one, with the participants of their own trial, they knew that it had a net negative cost-benefit analysis. I've got less than a minute here. Take everything you just said, sum it up for somebody driving to work right now in 40 seconds. Sure. From day one, if you follow up on people that were in the trial and had the placebo, you would expect a lot fewer people in the trial to land in the hospital. In fact, many, many more landed in the hospital, 16% more, or equivalent of that urgent care, things like that. Why does that matter? Because we're sitting and debating why people are dying suddenly, right. why people are dropping suddenly, and, and it, on a micro level, it's hard to prove without an autopsy, without anything. But in the macro level, if you're seeing that many more coinciding with. We'll come back more with Daniel Horowitz here in just a moment. The Glenn Beck Program. Name of the book, Rise of the Fourth Reich. Confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial so that this never happens again. 400 pages over 200 endnotes. We bring the receipts against COVID stand. So people like my man, Chip Roy, a congressman from Texas, if he's in the majority next year and he'll join us next hour, uh, he knows where to go, where the bodies are buried. My colleague and co-author Daniel Horowitz and I, we made it as simple as possible so that these Republicans next year, when they get the power you're going to give them nine weeks from today, are without excuse. If you want a preview of this book, you can get pre-sales right now at Amazon.com. You want a preview of this book, you can read the opening argument, the opening statement of the prosecution. That's Daniel and I. Read it for free today. We'll send it to you if you go to trials and execution. Trials, plural, execution, singular, trialsandexecution.com. That's trialsandexecution.com. Quickly, Daniel, because we ran out of time in the last segment, resummarize for us the most potent analysis done. Uh, by folks from the prestigious British Medical Journal, some scientists from Stanford and UCLA here in the U.S., scientists around the country doing a risk-benefit analysis of the COVID jab. Just summarize that for us one more time. Sure. All-cause death, all-cause injury, all-cause hospitalization is what matters. On a micro level, everyone's going to debate, well, who died of what? Well, we're seeing a lot of death, but who says it's from, um, of, uh, from the shots? Maybe it's from COVID, maybe it's from something else. The problem is when you do a trial and you have a trial group exposed to the therapeutic, that intervention, and you have a control group, a placebo that gets uh, something that is just benign, and you compare the total outcomes, they found that there was a 16% higher risk of severe adverse event, whether you trace it back to it or not, in the trial group. They found this. It was across all ages. It was both Moderna and Pfizer. They knew this early on. And this was the fact that they unblinded 
all of the participants uh, a few months later. So we don't get to see uh, the follow-up to this very day, the real long-term side effects. But at least short-term, we see from day one, they knew there was more liability than benefit, not just for children, but for everyone. In fact, it was only for adults, the, the, the this uh, trial. So they knew it was negative. That Steve, that is straight up the most profound violation of the Nuremberg Code of all time that was given to over 5 billion people based on this very trial. The first thing they did to violate the Nuremberg Code was create the virus itself with their gain-of-function research specifically done to measure spillover potential, meaning they were specifically conducting gain-of-function with the intent of causing these viruses to leap from animal to human. They wanted to measure it. They were already playing with fire. And then came, though, the lockdowns. I want to share this with you. Um, this, this is from a gentleman named uh, Ben Duba talking about his family and his cousin, uh, who has had a, had a lot of mental issues. And during lockdowns, Daniel, uh, he lost uh, his support group, uh, really, uh, and his accountability. Um, and, and this story is, is just beyond uh, sad. Um, one night, however, when working on home repair with his dad, my cousin had a psychotic break. He killed his grandma by bludgeoning her on the head with a pipe wrench, and then he turned on his mom and Down syndrome sister, putting them both into the hospital. They both died a few days later. I blame this solely on the lockdowns. If my cousin had been getting the mental health care he needed, three people wouldn't be dead, my cousin wouldn't be a killer, and his dad wouldn't be a widower, son of a dead mother, and the father of both a dead daughter and a killer son. There's more to this note, but by now, you get the gist of it. The premise that we take in our book of, of interviewing witnesses, whistleblowers that are all on the record from the Department of Defense to healthcare, but then also people who, who suffered because they were denied early treatment. The study that just came out over the, over the weekend as well, 92% effectiveness with early proper dosage prophylaxis of ivermectin. How many people were denied early proper treatments that unnecessarily died as well? There must be a reckoning. There's names. There's our families. These are people. There must be a reckoning for people like this, like Ben Duba, uh, our friend Charles, who had a, a friend that we all know, Aaron and Todd, whose friend was involved with uh, substance abuse, lost his accountability, his 12-step program, committed suicide. These people, they need justice and retribution for what this system did to them, Daniel. So it's both justice for the past, but obviously deterrent for the future because they're not done. That was the opening act. This is the point. This was the great reset. And that's why I think in the book, the the, the biggest point we do, you could sit and talk about the data and the science and the morality and the legality of every single aspect of this. But when you put it together, our main theme is showing how it is impossible that this was done by accident, even naively, even bizarrely, even stupidly. Um, It wasn't malpractice. This was done on purpose. We're like, why would they keep shutting down schools uh, over and over and over every new day when it was clear it was all pain and no gain? Why would you block treatment for that long? Why to this day is they say, yeah, you know, you know, you can get myocarditis and yeah, it doesn't work, which is why you need new updates, but you better get it. You're going to be kicked out of the military if you don't. Again, there, there is no 
evidence that they're changing. Everyone thinks CDC is changing their policies. Not really. Just the broad-based day-to-day stuff for the majority of people because, you know, they're facing an election. But they have not changed it. Well, the answer to that question gets back to the original question, which is why was it created? Because Mm -hmm. it was created. And whatever the answer to that is, Steve, therein lies the Rosetta Stone to understanding how the same people seem to predict the food and fuel crisis, seem to know it was happening, kind of created it. That institute the policies that make it happen? In the UK, they're talking about COVID-like policies Mm -hmm. for energy Mm -hmm. this coming winter. Again, that was a grooming event, what occurred in March 2020. Most people fell into it through panic, but there were clearly a group of people in some industries and in some governments that clearly knew about it, caused it. It was premeditated. Um, I mean, you and I know how long it takes to put out a book. Somehow, Klaus Schwab was able to get his great reset book out in three seconds there. Um, Again, and now we have tons of studies showing this was circulating throughout 2019 in numerous parts of the world uh, through analysis of the sewage in in many different cities. This was around a lot longer than we knew about it, but there were those who certainly did know about it. Here's another note I wanted to share with you and our audience, Daniel. My mom passed December of 21 uh, from a lack of COVID treatment at the hospital. She was denied monoclonal an- antibodies, admitted to the hospital without a family member, outcast as unvaccinated, not given any of those early treatments you guys talk about. Um, they tried to put her on a ventilator. She goes on to tell the story, but then she says this, after her death, I reported the neglect to the hospital. The doctor to the board, the nurse to the Ohio Board of Nursing, requested a meeting with my congressman, Warren Davidson, who likes to be on Fox, but not me with his constituents, Senator Rob Portman, who's a total waste, and an attorney who informed me, everyone is exempt from any legal prosecution because it is COVID. I pray these people will pay for their crimes. This is from a woman named Lisa telling us her story. Now, Warren Davidson has retweeted me many times. He's got a near 100% score over there on your website, Conservative Review Liberty Score. That's why I'm talking, that's why I wanted to mention him. Because if, if, if people that are usually with us on good issues, like Warren Davidson, cannot be moved to understand the urgency of this moment and the justice that must be obtained here and achieved for people like Lisa and her family, then we've got a lot of work to do here, brother. Red Wave, nine weeks from today or not. Your thoughts. This is why we wrote the book, Steve. I mean... I, at first, I, I figured, hey, it's over with. I mean, we don't need to write this. But no, we have not rectified that. To this day, remdesivir is still standard of care. And this has spilled over to other things aside from COVID, that hospitals are now killing fields, that they do things that every first grader knows you wouldn't do for someone in respiratory distress. They, they Rather than anti-inflammatories, they'll push opioids and um, sedatives, things that relax the breathing. Just, you know, kicking families out, not giving them proper nourishment. We we dedicate a big part of the book to this. You can't move on from this. Uh, we need a patient bill of rights. We need a reckoning as to why the hospitals are doing this. This is a big problem, and this ties back into the Third Reich, which is now the Fourth Reich with, with a greater technology, in that a certain amount planned it, but then the entire medical profession in Germany went along with this mentality. And this is what we saw in America. They all went along with things that were immoral, illogical, illegal, inhumane, and they had no problem with it to this day. 
there is no reckoning with that. Um, how they would take someone who was on their dying breath. It's not like they had any uh, anything to offer. And they would try remdesivir, toxic drugs, no problem, the drop of a hat. And people are saying, look, let us just come in, have a doctor administer ivermectin. We know it's safe. Does it work or not? Let's try it. We have nothing to lose. And they would fight them in the courts. They would appeal if they lost at a district level. Um, how do you explain that? I don't know. There's no benign, innocent explanation for it at all. And that's why there is no benign, innocent explanation. And that's why what we need are trials and executions. That's what we need. That's what happened at Nuremberg. This is absolutely the worst uh, human rights, global human rights abuse we have seen as a species since then. That's why you want to go to trialsandexecution.com. That is the website. You can put your email address in there. We will send you the opening argument, a preview of our book, and this will give you a taste of what is coming. Trialsandexecution.com. Again, that's trialsandexecution.com in the name of the book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial so that this never happens. Again, pre-sales are happening right now at Amazon.com. I've got about a minute here, Daniel. I'll give you the final word. Go ahead. Sure. You know, this would be bad enough if we were completely done with it. The fact that we wouldn't seek justice, we would just walk away from this. But the reality is we're not done with any bit of this. You know, Pfizer is going to come out with a six in one shot. They just uh, bragged about mm -hmm. it. all sorts of strains for RSV flu uh, COVID using the same repudiated platforms, the lipid nanoparticles, the mRNA uh, spike proteins. What is going on here? The lack of care, the gain of function, all of this. Um, the war on treatment, the war on doctors, the silencing of doctors, this is still going on to this very day. It is shocking how we could just walk away from this, and yet Republicans don't even have a plan on the table. It's not even their number 10 item, even the conservative ones, on what they plan to do. Get rid of the immunity for for the, uh, the vaccine companies. Get rid of the PrEP Act, which exempts everything, the hospitals, the malpractice, you name it. Um, we've seen that. There's a a pharmacy in West Virginia that gave undiluted shots to people. It was all good. The message that went out, it's all good. No, no, we need to reverse that. I don't even see the person who has the bill to sponsor to get rid of the PrEP Act. So again, we have a lot of work to be done. Um, we, ha we need to recognize we're in the Fourth Reich. And if Biden's speech didn't do that for you, again, you know, you're beyond help. Great stuff, my brother. Appreciate you as always. All right, take care. See you later. You bet. That's the one and only Daniel Horowitz. You can read his stuff at conservativereview.com. All the, all the data, <clears throat> pardon me, everything that he just cited, <clears throat> pardon me, every study that he just mentioned, it's all linked over there right now at conservativereview.com. That's where you want to go, conservativereview.com. Back with more of the Glenn Beck program here in a moment. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation, 888-727-BECK.
All right, back here on the Glenn Beck program. We are the Steve Day Show. We are typically right after Glenn here. If you have a Blaze TV subscription, my name is Steve Dace alongside Totters and Aaron McIntyre. If you want to get a Blaze TV subscription, this is the week to do it. So you don't miss any of our shows in the future if you like what you've heard so far. Uh, Dace 20 is what you can use your promo code at blazetv.com. Dace 20 gets you 20% off a Blaze TV subscription today. Blaze 20. Uh, or I'm sorry, Days 20 at blazetv.com. Gentlemen, thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel Horowitz here in the final couple of minutes of the hour. Well, as the show's uh, resident uh, anti-vaxxer well, well before COVID, when Daniel ends there talking about, don't think this is done, it's going to go on. Well, that's because it's all part of the plan and has been for quite a long time. There's no hard teachings in this religion, this magical power of vaccines. Before we had chickenpox vaccines introduced for no reason. We've had Gardasil vaccines, pre-sexually pre, uh, pre active boys and girls being, being given this. Why? What has ultimately been the point? It certainly hasn't been for health. If nothing else, uh, we, we need to understand that there is an agenda here that goes beyond our fundamental well-being. You know, when you hear Joe Biden call half the country, more than half the country, extremists, don't doubt for one second that there will not be follow through in some way, shape or form on that rhetoric. They, they, showed, have. You, they showed you with COVID. Yeah, they're more than willing to follow through on whatever the depths of their depraved minds can conjure at any given time. That's how these things are connected. And that's why the rise of the Fourth Reich, that is an appropriate name. So nine weeks from today is an election. A lot of us are going to vent. We're going to be angry. There'll be some form of a red wave. Will it accomplish a darn thing? We'll talk about that next hour with Congressman Chip Roy from the state of Texas here on the Glenn Beck program. Stay tuned. So nine weeks from today, there will be a midterm election. It will likely go well for the Republicans. But what are they running on? What do they plan to do after getting power at the expense of Let's Go Brandon? We'll get into that with uh, one of my best friends, Congressman Chip Roy, here in a moment. And a, a, a stunning special announcement just came down from CDC. We're going to let you hear that audio in just a moment here on the Glenn Beck Program. You know, thanks to people like you, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes like Misoto's Familia, who couldn't wait to join the NYPD to protect her community. She proudly wore her uniform, and then she was ambushed and shot in the head in the line of duty solely because 
of that uniform she was proud to wear. She is survived by three children. Genesis, who was 20 at the time of the murder, became sole guardian, provider for her twin siblings, Peter and Delilah, who were each 12. And thanks to your generosity, Tunnels to Towers gave her children a mortgage-free home. For some families, the foundation brings the comfort of knowing they can stay in the home where they made memories with their fallen loved ones. For other families, the foundation enables new memories to be cherished forever. Help our nation's greatest heroes and their families. Donate just $11 a month, that's it, to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. We're going to talk to Congressman Chip Roy here uh, in uh, about 10 minutes, and we'll find out what is the agenda, the vision. He has one. It's published right now at The Blaze. You can read it, uh, and we'll share some of that with you here in just a moment when the congressman joins us on the show. But nine weeks from today is an election. Will it mean anything? Will there be the reckoning? that Daniel Horowitz and I were just talking about. Will there be justice? Will we at least get not the Lindsey Graham variety of getting to the bottom of nothing despite nightly appearances on Sean Hannity to lie to America? No, we're going to actually get to the bottom of why they create this virus. What did they know about the true risks of these not a vaccines? We'll get into that with Chip Roy here in a moment. But if you need yet another reminder of why there must be accountability. And again, the website to go to if you want to get the opening argument of our book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, trialsandexecution.com. That's trials, plural, and execution, singular.com. Available for pre-sales right now, Rise of the Fourth Reich. If you want another example of why there must be a new Nuremberg trial, you won't even believe this brand new announcement that just came down from CDC. Do you think human trials are for... Do you like being inoculated against an already extinct variant? Were five jabs not enough? Then you need Jab 2.0. Jab harder. It's got electrolytes coming this fall. This heart-stopping rendition of the hit formulation is available in three flavors. Chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. It's got the same spike protein for that long-lasting sensation. And the virtue you love so you can show the world you care. Tested on rodents and on the rodents just like you for extra super duper safety with an extra kick of electrolytes for your pleasure. Look at this loser. He didn't get jab 2.0 jab harder and now his tranny boyfriend left him for Lindsey Graham. Don't be a science denying loser. Try jab 2.0 jab harder. It's got electrolytes. Endorsed by Joe Biden. I was going to put him coming this fall. All right, that's obviously parody. Except it's not. There's nothing in there that actually isn't being asserted to you as true. They're bringing you Omicron boosters because they tested them on eight mice. Guys, eight mice. Eight mice. Now, Perhaps it is providential that they are saying you cannot get their poisonous Omicron booster if you didn't get their previous poisonous jabs. So, you know, I prayed about it. And man, I mean, I'm just, they drive a hard bargain, Erzin. 
I mean, I sweated this one out, but like they used to say on um, on, a, on that famous reality show that no one watches anymore because there's so many of these singer shows now, that's going to be a no from me, dog. I, I mean, I thought about it. Really? <sighs> Did all the mental math. So wait, I've got to go back and get the old poisonous jab to get your new poisonous jab. I think I'm going to roll the dice here, Todd. I'm going to pass on this one. I know that's parody, but that's really everything in there is what they are asserting. It's just we used to laugh at this stuff. And by the way, one of the best medicines against their attempts to bait us cynically and nihilistically is to mock them. There's an old Irish proverb that says, what the devil hates the most is to be mocked, to mock, to laugh. I saw this again uh, when I went and saw the 40th anniversary of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and when when Kirk is baiting Connie, I'm laughing. He says, I'm laughing at the superior intellect. This demonic movement takes itself very seriously. It takes itself extremely seriously. Those who succumb to it think that they're the heroes of this story. They absolutely believe they're the good guys. You need to be fixed. This is why they won't let you have a national divorce. They won't let you go. You have to be converted. You need to be fixed. There's something wrong with you, and they are the cure. What people who succumb to cults can often be moved by the most is not a learned, as much as I love to do this, a learned discourse, a reasoned, deep debate on why they believe the feces they believe. Because what tends to happen when you belong to a cult, and that's what this is, when you belong to a cult, you're beyond reason. You're beyond being reasoned with. You need the rhetorical, intellectual equivalent of Jimmy Cagney throwing a live grapefruit, great grapefruit into the face of a hysterical woman in a movie to get her to stop being hysterical. That's what you need. You need slapped around a little bit, metaphorically speaking, of course. And one way to do that is to reduce this to the silly pile of steaming ash it actually is to mock it to deride it to scorn it jesus referring to herod as that sly fox paul telling the the judaizers in galatia if you love circumcision so much go ahead and cut your entire penis off and show us you really mean it and be especially holy Paul referring to the sorcerer in Acts as a son of the devil. This sort of discourse is used throughout the scriptures. When a people are so far gone in their own BS, they're beyond being reasoned with. You just have to now call them on it. We're going to call you on it. Complete and total malarkey. Just nothing is true there. Nothing is. Your mask doesn't work. It never worked. It was never going to work. You're a tool. Put down the wrench. Oh, wait, it's you. 
to that end, we're going to have an event here in about nine weeks called an election. And based on all the data that I am seeing, it will go well for the Republicans. I think about an 85% chance Republicans will win the House. I'd say about 65% they'll also win the Senate. What's their agenda? What are they running on? Do you guys know? Aaron, do you know what they're running on? No idea. Uh, Todd, do you know what the Republican agenda is? Uh, Prononing a little less hard. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what they're running on. I mean, it could very well be that. I mean, like, you know what Carrie Lake is running on in Arizona, right? Everybody knows. Mass devastation of everybody trying to do mass devastation to us. That's all she does every single day. It's like Ron DeSantis and Dragon. I'm so in on her right now that I am about to become a fanboy, all right? So you know what people like her and DeSantis and a few others are running for? The vast majority of these Republicans that were about to grant power all over the country nine weeks from now, what are they running for? I mean, we know what they're running on. Well, we're not Joe Biden. We're not the senile, let's go Brandon. What are they running for? What's the agenda here? What are they going to do? What's the vision? I mean, a lot of the policies that started us down this inflationary road, many of them voted for with the COVID bailouts, for example. Did they learn their lesson? Today, Vladimir Zelensky is going to do the opening bell in between switching green church and, 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 and fighting a, a devastating life and death war where every minute counts. He's going to ring the bell at the New York Stock Exchange and provide you some remarks. We're going to fund another $13 billion of that waste. What's the agenda here? Good friend of mine, Congressman Shiproy, has a piece up today over at The Blaze attempting to answer that exact question. It's titled, Not One Additional Penny for Federal Tyranny. Not One Additional Penny for Federal Tyranny. Here, here. Let's hear more about what that means when the congressman joins us in a moment. Hey, are you in the middle of trying to buy or sell a home right now? How's that going? Uh, Given the way the housing market has gone absolutely nuts, mortgage rates have gone absolutely nuts here in the Let's Go Brandon year. I'm guessing you might be a little bit frazzled, the kind of thing that wasn't easy to begin with. If you've ever done a buying and selling of a home or doing them simultaneously as I have, it's never easy. And it's during these unprecedented times. Bing. That you absolutely need the best real estate agent on your side, guiding you every step of the way. That's where real estate agents, itrust.com comes in the name, kind of says it all. We will help you find an agent that will help you navigate the tricky waters of buying and selling a home here in the Let's Go Brandon era. They'll take you and walk you through every step of the way and finish the race, making sure you get the best deal when you go to buy and the best price when you go to sell. Check them out for yourself today. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I mentioned it just a minute ago. It is a piece up this morning over at theblaze.com, over at theblaze.com from one of my best buddies, Congressman Chip Roy from the state of Texas. It is titled, Not One Additional Penny for Federal Tyranny. And Chip joins us now here on the Glenn Beck program. It is good to see you, brother. How are you? I hope you had a great long Labor Day weekend. I did, Steve. Went and caught some uh, Texas country music. Uh, the last show of Robert Earl Keane with my family. We had a a good time with the family, but now it's back to work. It is back to work. 
let's let's start with the question you heard me pose a few minutes ago. I, I think right now it's about 85% odds. And you know, I didn't go into this for the audience, but you know I've got a bit of a background in forecasting, polling, things of that nature. So I'm not just like, you know, pulling these numbers out of my backside. I think it's about 85% odds that you're going to be in the majority in the House next year. What size of that majority? Will it be 20 seats? Will it be 50 seats? I don't know, but I think you'll be in the majority. And I think it's about 65% odds that Republicans will capture the Senate as well. But let's just focus on your chamber for a moment, the House. Okay. What are you going to do with the power that you have, Chip? What's the agenda? Are you guys having discussions about that at all? Is there any foresight at all? What are we going to do with the power that we have? Because when I see things like the guy who runs the Freedom Caucus that you're a part of, Scott Perry, he may vote to codify so-called gay marriage into the federal code this week. And this is the same guy that's getting roped into the same cockamamie, fascistic Trump investigations that they're doing to Trump. They're roping him, taking his cell phone and everything else. Does he not understand that the same people behind what is going against him are the same people that are behind the pronouns and uh, the eradication of gender, meatball surgery on kids, redefinition of marriage. And if he votes for this, they will then turn right around and attack the church and First Amendment religious protections what, what's going on inside your caucus right now, other than just we can't wait until the Democrats continue to suck and we take advantage of it? Well, Steve, uh, thanks, uh, first of all. Um, I don't accept yet that uh, we're going to be in the majority. I think we have to go earn it, okay? Uh, step one for this current House Republican conference is to go out and earn it by demonstrating we will fight for the American people. Uh, that starts right now in September when the funding for the government expires on September 30th. Uh, that's the focus of the op-ed that I put up on The Blaze today, which is that as step one, again, we're still in the House of Representatives, uh, unlike certain candidates like Kerry you talked about, or uh, Governor DeSantis, who are running their states and they can go out and lead with their agenda uh, and drive a message and a vision for the country. We can do that, but we right now have a job. And our job is to hold the line for the American people. Don't just capitulate and give up. So on September 30th, under no circumstances should we give the pen to Democrats to spend another dollar of our money, to borrow another dollar to fund the authoritarian state, to fund the IRS agents they're going to go after you, to fund the FBI they're going after parents or active down in Mar-a-Lago, to go after uh, you know uh, the, the average hardworking American citizen rather than the corporate crony estate that's rolling over us. That's our job right now in September. So. We're going to lean into that fight. The Freedom Caucus is going to lean into that fight. Uh, I'm guessing that the Senate will capitulate because that's what happens when Susan Collins and the merry band of, you know, purple staters, uh, you know, frankly, half the red staters uh, will go cave and say, well, we've got to fund the government. Don't you understand? Look, we need to stand up right now and say that we have an agenda. We believe we should fund the government that will stand up for the people. And if they want to shut it down on their watch while they control the White House, while they control the Senate, while they control the House, then that's on them. But we should stand up for the people. But again, Steve, that's just step one. Step two, which is to actually answer your question, is that when we get the majority, if the people are you know, uh, gracious enough to bless us with that majority, then we need to come out and say very clearly that we're going to stand up for them, that we're going to stand up for America that we're not going to just write a blank check to fund a government that will continue COVID tyranny. We should fight that. No more schools getting shut down, no more military getting fired, no more vaccine mandates. And I mean none. We should stand up for energy freedom. 
No more constraints on our ability to have the energy of our choice. Don't pursue Germany. Don't capitulate to China. Have open oil and gas and nuclear power. We should stand up for a secure border that stops fentanyl and stops cartels. And I mean secure it. Change the policies. These are the things that we need to stand up and put before the American people that we will do if they give us the ability to control this. Uh, we can be clear about it. We can lay that out. And I'm going to be doing that in the next several weeks. Chip, you and I are both Gen Xers. So we kind of came of age politically during this era of the contract with America. And and I would argue with, with the exception of some of the things Trump tried to do, that was really the last time I can remember the Republican Party after winning an election attempting to uh, and go after an actual counter agenda, go on offense with it in an attempt to uh, impose something counter to uh, what was currently being done and, and governing on something other than, hey, we're not the guys you hate even more. And, and one of the urban legends, and maybe it's not, maybe it's not mythology, maybe it's true. One of the moments that has really changed GOP politics ever since is there's an urban legend that Bob Dole and Newt Gingrich were on Air Force One with Bill Clinton during the 1995 budget fight. And that Bill Clinton said to Bob Dole and Newt Gingrich, listen, you guys have me outnumbered. I'll give you whatever you want. But if you if you ask me for absolutely everything, I'm going to face a primary from my left from a Jesse Jackson or somebody else. Primary presidents never win. You'll put me in a no lose scenario where I have to, or no win scenario where I have to fight you. So I'll give you 80% of what you want, 90% of what you want. But if you ask for 100%, then I'm going to have to refuse you and we'll have a shutdown. They asked for 100%. There was a shutdown. Bill Clinton ended up getting reelected after that, right? That's that's the that's the that's what you're that's the tale you are told there in Washington DC. Do I have that chain of events correct? Okay. And since and since a lot of the same people are still running the Republican Party now or that were in it back in 1995, that has been the conventional wisdom of your party ever since when it comes to these budget fights. Are you prepared to push back against that? Yes, yeah, of course. Uh, that's what uh, Republicans have been doing for the last 25 years is cowering in the corner anytime somebody uh, says something about shutdown. But let's be very clear. Uh, I'm not advocating for a shutdown. You're not advocating for a shutdown. We're advocating that you stand up and fight using the power of the purse that the founding fathers specifically gave us. Now, this is important for a minute for all your listeners and everybody paying attention. The House of Representatives, the People's House, the part of the Congress closest to the people, it is specifically constitutionally empowered to originate spending bills, to be able to use the power of the purse to restrain executive authority. Then we should damned well do it and stop cowering in the corner about it. What they did in 95, what they did in the 94 contract was energize an American people. What they did in 95 by passing a lot of those bills and doing what they said they would do laid out a strong Republican majority in Congress. We switched the body of uh, a balance of power. Democrats had controlled the House for the previous, what, Steve, 50 years, you know? Mm -hmm. They just basically run Congress. All right, hold it right there. I I wanna let you finish that point here when we come back here in just a few minutes. Congressman Chip Roy, our guest here on the Glenn Beck program. He says, hey, it's time to do battle against this authoritarian government. Not another penny for federal tyranny. We'll continue chatting with him here in just a few moments. The Glenn Beck program.
All right, back here on the Glenn Beck program. We are the crew from the Steve Day Show filling in today for Glenn. We are right after Glenn, in fact. Noon to 2 Eastern, every day, every broadcast day right here on Blaze TV. That's myself, Steve Dace, with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, great week. If you're not yet a subscriber to Blaze TV to make sure you don't miss our show and any of the other exclusive content that Glenn and so many others do for Blaze TV, uh, you get 20% off today with the promo code. In fact, it's good all of this week. Dace 20 is the promo code for 20% off a Blaze TV subscription. Dace 20, D-E-A-C-E, Dace 20. When you go to blazetv.com, use that promo code to sign up for the big discount. That's Dace 20 at blazetv.com. Name of the piece that's up on the Blaze right now, not one additional penny for federal tyranny. Congressman Chip Roy is the author, also one of my best buddies. He joins us now here again on the Glenn Beck program. Finish the point you were making there before I had the hard break. Uh, Chip, go ahead. Yeah, no problem, Steve. I mean, look, Democrats have been completely in control of Congress for the better part of the 20th century, certainly the last 50 or 60 years, until the contract with America. We shook things up. And since then, Republicans have had a heavy dose of control. The only times where we've weakened is when Republicans have played Democrat light. We should stop that. We should take an agenda straight to the American people and do so proudly. After the 95 so-called shutdown, which you just walked through the history that Clinton basically did, uh, Republicans did fine in 96. It was Bob Dole's weak establishment agenda that cost him the election and had a soft showing in 96. In 2014, after my friend and your friend, Ted Cruz, and I was there as his chief of staff, we pushed hard to try to stop Obamacare. The American people were with us. Make D.C. listen, they said. Mm -hmm. They were rallying. They were rallying behind that. And Republicans actually did very well in 2014. Not because of the establishment say, they said, oh, we shut that Ted Cruz down. No, we demonstrated that we would stand up and fight for the people. That's what they want to see right now. And here's the question for you and, and your great team there. Are you free? Are we free right now? Are you free if your borders are wide open and fentanyl pouring into your communities? Are you free if our military are getting fired because they won't take an experimental jab in their arm, right? Are we free if our military is now a woke social engineering experiment? Are we free if insurance companies are running our healthcare and you actually can't go to the doctor of your choice and you have public health bureaucrats telling us when our schools are gonna get shut down? Are you free if you can't send your kids to the school of your choice and empower parents? instead of being indoctrinated with some woke agenda. I could keep going. Mm -hmm. No, we are not free, right? These are the same as the long train of abuses that the founders laid out in the Declaration almost 250 years ago. Republicans have a duty to stand up and stop writing blank checks, borrowing money, printing money to fund the very bureaucrats that are undermining our God-given liberties. That's the agenda the American people want to see. They want us to stand up for them, and to do so not wild-eyed, but just being very thoughtful and truthful. No more federal blank checks. No more dollars going to these authoritarians and the IRS or the FBI or the CDC and NIH and all of the federal bureaucrats. No more blank checks for open borders. No more blank checks for you to tell me what doctor I have to go to. No more blank checks for a military that's not actually being trained to shoot people and blow things up, but is a woke engineering experiment. If we go out there and take that to the people, man, they will rally behind us. I promise you. Chip, how many more sheets off the uh, photocopy machine over there at the Treasury that gets passed on to us as inflation 
are we going to have to pay for for those green shirts over in Ukraine? He's ringing the bell at the New York Stock Exchange this morning after he gives an, and then he's going to give us an address, of course. Uh, how many more, you know, uh, Ben Stiller public appearances do I have to pay for? How many more Lindsey Graham walks down uh, Main Street, Ukraine? Uh, how many more parties in other parts of Ukraine uh, do I have to pay for? How many more green shirts? How many more Sean Penn visits? Um, I mean, how, how much longer does this charade go on? Well, this is one of the things that is being done purposely by not just the Democrats, but the Republican defense establishment, uh, who are going to be all too happy to say, sure, yeah, we're going to have to fund the government on September 30th, because gosh, Chip, don't you understand, Ukraine is going on. See, I know Ukraine is going on, and I pray for their people, and I don't even mind providing some baseline of support to help people stand up and protect some of our interests. We do have interests in Eastern Europe. But a $56 billion blank check was an absolute offense to the American people. And now they're back for more. They're now saying they need another, I don't even know the number yet, right? It keeps moving, 10 or $12 billion. Uh, because we've got to replenish our own supplies, but keep providing them support, including support to their government, Steve. And this is the problem. We are actually having money that is, we know, going to their oligarchs, and we know that it's going off into waste and fraud. There's already been stories about that. But it's also going to the Chinese Communist Party. We're spending money going there that then goes to the Chinese Communists. And we know what the Chinese Communists are doing, how they're buying up land in Texas. And we're all sitting around building freaking wind farms and solar panels, empowering our freaking damned adversaries. So, yeah, I don't believe we should be writing blank checks to go to Ukraine so that he can pose on another friggin' magazine cover. We should stand up for the interests of the American people, which begins and ends with securing our own country, with actually establishing sovereignty, having a strong military and a strong economy where we don't print money so that uh, we can prop up uh, either Anthony Fauci or Zelensky on a magazine cover. State of California announced last week that it will no longer permit new car sales of gas-powered vehicles in 2035. Literally 72 hours later, that same state of California governor, government put out a directive saying, hey, you've got to power down, including your electrical vehicles, because we don't have enough electricity for the, the, the season of uh, heat that usually comes end of August, late September out there on the West Coast. They, they See, we're going to mock this on the right. Oh, liberal, ineffectiveness, moron. They know exactly what they're doing. They're not stupid. This is all about control. They know this. They know, they know that the average American cannot afford a $60,000 EV. And they also know that we're going to go right into the ground to dig out all the cobalt and lithium and everything else we need for these batteries the same way we've got to dig out the, uh, the oil out of the ground. They know all of this because it's not about environmentalism. It's all about control. How many people in your caucus realize this? Well, not enough, Steve. I mean, I think a few, and, and let me actually just a slight bit of positivity here is that I do believe more in the conference are recognizing this assault on our way of life. I had a big Republican conference meeting I drove in March, and, and we had Tom Homan, you know, you know, Tom and Mark Morgan and the guys on the border come in. I actually had a member of the Texas delegation, a senior member, come up to me and go, well, Chip, I didn't know it was so bad. I mean, literally, you can't make this stuff up. I'm like, we're in Texas. And now you're talking about energy and what the issue you just mentioned. Uh, here in Texas, ERCOT, I sat down and met with the head of ERCOT, you know, who runs our grid. And they're still going to be putting 80% wind and solar into our grid this next year, meaning all the additional capacity, 80% of it will be wind and solar, even after the train wreck last February in Texas. 
This is all because of what? Money. Money, Steve. They want their free, quote unquote, free money coming from uh, Washington. And guess what? We're doing nothing on the whole CO2 issue. We were driving CO2 levels down to the extent that that drives your agenda. We were driving those down with clean, liquefied natural gas. But we're not making any en uh, nuclear energy plants now. We're not actually producing more gas plants, really, at the number we should. And here's a number for you. 1,100 coal-fired plants in China. We have about 250. Hmm. They're adding one a week. We're adding none. We are a stupid people, Steve. And it's time for people to step up and stand up for our communities. We should stand up proudly for fossil fuels and nuclear power. We should actually push an agenda that says you want power to have a flourishing lifestyle. You want to be able to manage the climate and, and, and be able to have power in, in air conditioning and the heat. If you plug in two Teslas at your house, your electricity bill is basically going to double. You're going to have basically adding another air conditioning unit to your house or a heating unit if you live up north. And no one talks about that. They don't talk about all the side effects of windmills and solar panels and empowering China. And Republicans get up and go, oh, don't worry, we'll do carbon capture. And we'll, we'll do it, too. We love the environment, too, guys. Believe us. Of course we do. We live in it. But we actually want to have power, and we can have it. So let's go get it. Final thing I want to ask you about, Chip. Uh, over the weekend, uh, this nihilistic, senile disgrace of a president uh, claimed over the weekend that he's been fighting Big Pharma his entire career, and, and this year he beat them. On September 9th last year, the president issued an executive order, which he had said numerous times in public he had no power to issue. He issued an executive order saying, I mean, this is like left behind book stuff. You can't work in America unless you take one of these COVID jabs. And this came a full month, Chip, after the director of CDC, Rochelle Walensky, admitted on national television on August 6th of 2021 that the jabs no longer stopped the spread of the virus and that those who were jabbed could still spread it to others. So on August 6th, the CDC director admits it's not a vaccine in the traditional inoculation terminology that we become accustomed to. A full month later, the president violating every syllable, morsel, consonant, and vowel of the social compact, the Constitution, the Nuremberg Code, said, I'm going to make it that you can't work in America unless you take it anyway. Since then, everything we've learned from escalating risk profiles of what happens with children, pregnant women, etc., a lot of the stuff we didn't know, we suspected last September that we do actually know now. We were talking with Daniel Horowitz about that an hour ago, and now he's out there claiming, I'm the one that beat big pharma Chip, he tried to turn us in to test tubes for big pharma that we can't sue, that we can't criminally charge, that we can't hold accountable on any level whatsoever. Chip, if that is not impeachable, tell me then what is. Well, it's a great question, and it's the right question to ask in terms of what's been happening with the power of the government being uh, levied against the American people, beginning with COVID, but I would argue in many other ways as well. I mean, there's a reason they want these 85,000 new IRS agents, right? It's purposeful. It's not revenue. Uh, it's, it's to be able to go after and target the American people, specific American people. Uh, but, but let me just say one thing. Uh, there's merit to pursuing impeachment of Mayorkas. There's uh, merit to pursuing impeachment of President Biden for uh, what he's been doing in violation of the principles of the Constitution, the text of the Constitution, the separation of powers, uh, targeting Americans, going after American citizens and uh, for daring to challenge school boards. And we'll go down the list in, in Garland. 
Uh, but remember this, the reason I focus so much on spending and defunding the authoritarian state is because it's the one absolute thing we can do. And we only need the majority in the House and 60 in the Senate. In an impeachment scenario, we need a majority in the House and 67 in the Senate. So my basic point is, is put your training wheels on right now. Demonstrate to the American people you'll fight for them by stopping to giving the checks to FBI, the checks to the DHS, the checks to the Department of Justice, the checks to the president. The checks by that, I mean the dollars, the blank checks, the printed money to go after us. And, and so that, I think, is the threshold question. And then we can talk about whether and how the president or Mayorkas or Garland or Fauci or any other public officials who were potentially still in power uh, have violated the Constitution and committed impeachable offenses. But it is very clear that this government has been undermining the well-being of the American people, targeting the American people, violating laws in the process. This whole student loan fiasco, total train wreck, ignoring the law, the text of the law, the border. Mayorkas is literally blatantly disregarding law to have operational control of the border. The attorney general going after parents and targeting them uh, with these edu official tags. I've got one minute. Go ahead and finish. Go ahead. I got one minute. Go. Yeah. All these public health officials. And then Biden is right on the top of this. And it is Biden who knows exactly what he's doing in his administration. Great stuff, brother. Check out his piece uh, over at The Blaze. Not one additional penny for federal tyranny. It's available right now. Congressman Chip Roy from Texas. You can read it over at The Blaze. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the time you as too, always. Steve. All right, take yeah, care. Yeah, God bless you and your whole team. Thanks, everybody. Same to you guys, Nate, and the whole team over there as well. Thank you. I right, will come back and uh, we'll wrap up hour two here on the Glenn Beck Program in a moment. The Glenn Beck Program. All right, wrapping up hour two here on the Glenn Beck program. Let's get some uh, reaction to the conversation that I just had with uh, my good friend, Congressman Chip Roy from Texas. Aaron, I'll start with you. What did you think? I think it's important to remember at, at moments like this, and I'm speaking broadly in, in this, this American moment, um, voting Republican is purely at best, and I mean at best, and it's a stretch at best, a self-defense measure. Voting GOP in 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 any seat in Washington is at best a self-defense measure. These people don't just disagree with you. The apparatus of the Republican Party doesn't just disdain you. They actually they actually kind of hate you. They actually kind of they don't just disagree with you. They disagree with you. They 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 hate you. So I think it's important to remember. When we talk about voting GOP, we have to make our communities, if you live in a red state, make it as red as California is blue. Because right now, the balkanization, the balkanization of the United States is actually what's going to save us in the near term. We can't save the entire country at once. You have to make your red states as red as possible. And just in closing, I remember, just to give, kind of illustrate to you, out of the, what, 535-some uh, members of Congress, I think we did this exercise one time. There's maybe 20 of them that we don't feel like we have to babysit on a day-to-day -day basis. That's how far gone the GOP is in Washington. I'm guessing you're just going to say what he said. My favorite thing that Chip said is we are a stupid people. Yeah. Amen. Hour three of the Glenn Beck program is next. 
Stay tuned. Hey, I'm getting lighter, by the way, uh, and I've got Bill Barr to thank for it. They have been my secret weapon this year. I'm trying to lose the last 50 pounds I had to lose several years ago when I had to lose 150 and only lost 100 because I, I just got tired. Allen Iverson levels of tired. Now I'm trying to lose the last 50 before I turn 50. I've dropped about 30 of them this year. Built Bar has been huge. It's not just the protein I'm looking for, but also uh, the sweet tooth satisfaction satisfaction that I crave. So many great flavors. I had a brownie batter, one of my favorites here during the show a little while ago. I've got four boxes of my all-time favorite chocolate chip cookie dough chunk at home. So many great flavors. You cannot beat it. Built.com is where you want to go. Built.com is where you want to go. Promo code Beck and you'll get 15% off your order for Built Bar at Built.com. We have one more hour to go and I'm going to begin it by really annoying Todd. That's coming up here in just a moment. We were just talking to my good friend Congressman Chip Roy last hour. What's the GOP agenda? Well, he's laid out, we think, a pretty robust one that we would rally behind. But what if they let us down again? Do we have other options? We do. And we'll discuss that here in hour three of the Glenn Beck program. Stay tuned. All right, back here on the Glenn Beck program. We are normally after the Glenn Beck program right here on Blaze TV. I am Steve Dace with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. We are noon to two Eastern right after Glenn Beck. Each broadcast day here on Blaze TV. And if you like what you've heard so far today and you want to hear more, great week to become a Blaze TV subscriber because that way you also won't miss any of Glenn's uh, exclusive outstanding Wednesday night specials as well. Dace 20, that's my last name, D-E-A-C-E, Dace 20 is what you want to use to get your 20% off Blaze TV discount. Uh, when you go to blazetv.com, again, that's blazetv.com and use the discount code Dace 20. We just got through talking to a good friend of mine, uh, Congressman Chip Roy of Texas, laying out an actual vision for Republicans. Don't just stand there and not be Democrats when people are voting and they're pissed at the, de at the Dems and just take advantage of it with no plan of what to do affirmatively on your own. In fact, he laid out a plan for what to do with the budget battle at the very end of this month. But what if, with a couple of exceptions like the governor of Florida, maybe the would-be governor of Arizona, Republicans, Republican again, let us down again. Do we lack 
any other options within the conventional political system to peaceably but aggressively push back on the spirit of the age? The answer is no. There is still one other option. Another good friend of mine, Mark Meckler from the Convention of States, he'll be joining us later in this hour to talk about that. But first, I have to annoy Todd. There's so many different ways this could go down. There is there is many ways this could go down. But 110 days from today, Todd. Yeah, I'm annoyed. Because <laughs> you know what already what I'm going to say? Like I said, there's so many ways and I know this way. Because <laughs> we go this way a lot. Yes. Usually about this time of year, right? Kids go back to school, football season kicks off, and a middle-aged man's fancies turn to Christmas. Because... As you like to say, I have the palate of a 12-year-old. I have the sense of humor of one, too. Uh, and I am a year-round Christmas slappy. We, we didn't even take down all of our Christmas decorations from last year. We just love the way the house looks so much. 110 days from today, it is Christmas time. Are and he's you ready? not kidding, America. No, he, I'm not he, kidding. They left them up. No, we, we left them up. I'm, I'm not kidding. No, I mean, I, I'm, I, I take very few things seriously. Christmas is one of them. I am an absolute Christmas slappy. So, in order to indoctrinate the rest of you into my Christmas sl slappiness, I thought we'd give you a little pre a preview of some of the great sounds of the season. Nothing brings back warm Christmas memories like the songs and carols you love. And only pericarditis and his mRNAs have all your favorite holiday songs in one non-random controlled study. It's beginning to look a lot like a Vax Pass to get into anywhere you go. From inspiring hymns like Oh, holy spike the protein bloodstream trembling because they lied and it don't stay in your arm. Oh, little town of Wuhan, we can't believe you lied. You're run by creeps who should be put to sleep. Those bats, they don't live nearby. Two traditional Christmas classics such as The twelfth decade of lockdowns my true lords gave to me Absolutely freaking nothing I've been home since Christmas hmm. You can zoom with me said your kidneys to the people far and near do you fear remdesivir then there's those funny novelty songs to lighten the mood grandma got run over by a chromo he left her to die in an infected nursing home i really can't stay Baby, it's COVID Stan. I really must go. Can't, baby, it's COVID Stan. I saw mommy masking Santa Claus because the CDC said so last night. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell palsy. If you dare get that booster, then you sure are ballsy. And of course, we remember the reason for the season. Ouchie, did you know that your virus 
would someday wreck the world. Fauci, did you know that your science doesn't know what's a boy or a girl? It came upon Anthony Fauci, a sulfuric presence of old. From demons deep within the earth Who knew that his soul was sold But that's not all. This collection has so much more to offer, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Redfield, All I Want for Christmas is My Fifth Vaccine, Deck Rochelle with Facts and Data, Whitmer Wonderland, Little Jabber Boy, Have Yourself a Little Waning Efficacy, Happy Christmas, This is Never Over, and more. All this can be yours for a high, high price we can't name yet because inflation, but don't let that stop you from this once-in-a-lifetime collection. Call now at 1-900-666-VAX to order. Only available while supply chains last. Must be double-masked when you call. Again, that's 1-900-666-VAXX. Now, doesn't that put you in the spirit, Erzin? It actually does. Don't give me your bah humbug. You've got to right now be just whistling a little silver bells right now yes but not for the reasons you think first of all i love the fact that like you we're, we're off air you you already talked on the show about the you your book coming out with daniel horowitz you've got a movie coming out in less than a year and off air while we're watching this you're talking this is my magnum opus this is the <laughs> finest work i've ever done right here and you could have and how you leaned into this thing you have a daughter who is a, a training in theater. You could have yeah. called in here to She's sing She's literally it. an award-winning singer, my You're daughter. You're like, no, I yeah. got this. Yes. It's uh, Usually all the things I hear, uh, we've said in anger. On That's the other thing. You say all the things we've said so many times with rage in our voice, and it's got that just Dacian, off-key joy in it. It, it. it is truly the magic of Christmas that lifted that entire enterprise up. Going back and listening to that, and I mean, I've not listened to it since last Christmas. Right. It just now is the first time I've heard that since last December. Holy cow. It's, I mean, we were, we were parodying stuff back then when, when Aaron and I put that together, you know, around Thanksgiving of last year, but pretty much everything that's in there, it's, it's not even parody now. Right. I mean, it was, it was still considered revolutionary to say in December of last year that the spike protein doesn't stay in your arm. Now, now we know it, you know, it, it goes into your testes, goes into your ovaries, everybody. The stuff that we submitted as parody a year ago, that's in that uh, incredible production that Aaron put together from last Christmas. That's news now. Everything in there is news now. Think about that. Yeah. Like this is, isn't, isn't this what the, the writers of Black Mirror said that they didn't do us another season of the show because they couldn't figure out how to come up with stuff that was actually crazier or worse yeah. than what was really happening right now. Well, that's, you are onto something way larger than perhaps you thought at the time. When Steve Carell said we couldn't do the office today, yeah. because the, our ability to communicate as a people to one another and mm-hmm. tell the stories that need to be told mm-hmm. is getting increasingly very, very difficult. So this is this is a way of being uh, subversive. This is almost like Thomas More stuff. I need to criticize the king. Nice analogy. How do I do it? Yeah. So I I I, I, I write farce. You know, yeah. I write, I write sit- utopia as yes. a parody, as a satire. Yes. Yeah. 
That's a great analogy. So the, there is one last line of defense here. It should the Republicans prove how many times in a row to not be it? Okay. Uh, should they do what they typically do in all too many cases with few exceptions when we give them power, turn on us instead of them, right? There is one more line of defense here. We will talk about that here in a moment on the Glenn Beck program. All right, back here on the Glenn Beck program. And I have, after being initially skeptical out of fear of the whole idea of a runaway convention, because I'm a total depravity kind of guy and I have zero trust for human nature whatsoever. I have an extremely high view of human worth and dignity because we are the Imago Dei. We are the only beings in all of the universe made in the image and likeness of our creator. But because we are also fallen, I have the exact opposite level of regard for human nature. So I can be very distrusting of people beginning with myself, all right? So I was initially skeptical, and then we got closer and closer to the end of the ball game here. We are at least at a two-minute warning as a civilization. We are at least there. At least there. If, we're, if we are not living through Romans 1 kind of stuff, we have an increasingly growing segment of our society that is trying to push us to that brink at the very least. So we are at least at the two-minute warning part of the football game when you realize, you know, some of the traditional, more conventional methods of winning here may not be as open to us. We might need to use some things that are within the rules. They're in the rules, but they're a little bit more radical, a little bit more risky, because nothing's riskier than having the game go final and we're the losing team. And then it doesn't get replayed. That's what the word final means. It means it's over, Right. And so after initially being skeptical of a convention of states, I've now become a full-throated advocate of it. I've spoken on behalf of it, uh, whether it's here in my state where I live now, Iowa, my original home state of Michigan, written about it extensively, become good friends with one of the people, one of the architects of it that joins us now, Mark Meckler from the convention of states. It's good to have you with us, brother. How are you? It's good to be here and good to see you wearing a Wolverine shirt. I got to say, it was a good weekend. It was a very good weekend. So, yes, go blue. Uh, I know we are on my old hometown station that I grew up listening to Michigan football on when I was a kid, Wood AM in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I listened to that growing up. So I wanted to give those folks a shout out over there, of course. But let's get to a football game of a little bit more serious import, at least when we look at it as an analogy. The desecration of Independence Hall last Thursday, that's what I'm calling it. I mean, it really was a desecration. That wasn't a speech. I, I can't think of a moment in, in, in American history where a national political leader spoke about a large segment of our own people the way that he did. Um, and I thought it was a cynical attempt to bait our people into acting out worse than whatever they were entrapped into on January the 6th. But I also think that they nihilistically mean this, Mark. I mean, they, they have pursued policies as if they think this way about large segments of the people, and it's not just campaign rhetoric. So with that in mind, I think whatever hour of the that you thought we were in before last Thursday, the clock at least went at least a minute or two later, didn't it? It absolutely did. I mean, what you saw in bold relief in colors in graphic representation is the new Democratic fascist party, the NDFP. That's what the Democrats have become today. Joe Biden used all the symbology of a fascist rising government 
Uh, he used fascist language. He vilified his opponents in a way that essentially potentially leads to genocide. I mean, what he's doing is dehumanizing the opposition, uh, saying that the opposition must be silenced, pushed from the political square. Important to remember Mussolini's definition of fascism. The inventor of fascism said it's everything inside the state, nothing outside the state, and importantly, nothing against the state. Mm -hmm. That's the definition of today's new Democrat fascist party. He also said over the weekend that he's been fighting Big Pharma his entire career. He beat them this year. Mark, it was almost exactly a year ago that he announced the, the worst executive order, in my opinion, in all of American history. It, literally stuff out of like left behind books. You couldn't win or you couldn't work unless you took a jab, which his own CDC director had admitted a full month prior won't stop you from even getting or transmitting the virus. But you have to get this jab anyway. And now we are seeing all the, the, the risk profiles, the VAERS database surging in reports. What we're seeing with data all over the world, the study in Thailand a month ago, 18% of teenage boys had abnormal EKGs after getting a full do dose of Pfizer. The Israeli data, the UK data, our own data, the study from the British Medical Journal, the risk profile and everything everything else he was willing to risk the infertility rates of many americans the nervous systems of many americans the cardiovascular systems of many americans the hearts of many americans the long-term health of our children in order for you to work if that's not a violation of every last morsel of the constitution and social compact at this point i don't know what is and i and i just think it when 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 they say what they really mean and then act on it we should probably listen to them, Mark. Yeah, I think that's correct. And again, I'm going to point back to fascism. This is totalitarian fascist control. It always starts this way, by the way. They, they never say, hey, we're going to do something really evil. They say, we're going to do something that's really good for you. It's really good for society. Jonah Goldberg wrote a great book about this. I'm not a huge Goldberg fan anymore. But yeah, does he, he read his book books called... anymore? That's another. That's a topic for another day. Does Jonah Goldberg <laughs> still read the books he once wrote? Do you know the answer to that? You know what? No one yeah. knows the answer to that. So continue on with what you were saying. Go ahead. Uh, likely no, but liberal fascism is the best examination of the history of fascism in the world. And it says it always starts with liberals. They always say that they've got some great utopian scheme that they want everybody to adopt. And when you won't adopt it, ultimately, they're going to force you to do it. And if that doesn't work, what they're going to do is throw you in prison and ultimately kill you. That's where I see this government headed. They're going to throw their opponents in prison. We're already seeing them do this. They're doing raids on innocent people. They're calling parents domestic terrorists. The FBI is targeting people, 87,000 new IRS agents to target people like you and me, specifically because we don't agree with what they're doing. Which brings us to this election. And I, I think it's at least 85% the Republicans are going to win the House. And we had a conversation with one of my best buddies, Chip Roy, about that last hour. And yep. what's their agenda and what will they do? And you can just hear in Chip's voice, he's fighting his own caucus to get them to do anything with it. Okay. It's about 65%, I would say right now, that I think they'll win the Senate. But as long as we've got old ditch over there running things, he'll just keep driving us into one, right? You know? Um, yep. and, and so a lot of our people, especially as we're getting baited into this hopelessness and you're terrible and we're going to round you up and you're not a citizen, and you shouldn't have a job, you shouldn't have a vote, we can steal your elections, we can do whatever we want to you. This hopelessness, this baiting, we're being baited here into a certain outcome that uh, the spirit of the age would love to see uh, essentially create unfathomable devastation of our, of our way of life and really of the last bastion of liberty in the world. 
And I know a lot of our people, Mark, are increasingly feeling hopeless that my vote won't even be counted. Even if I go vote for these fake Republicans, my vote won't even count. And then if it does count, they'll win and not do anything. That that hopelessness will not just remain um, playing within the system forever. So is there another option? And the answer to that question is yes. We'll get into that here with Mark Meckler from Convention of States in just a moment. So I believe that a convention of states might be the last opportunity we have within our constitutional framework to save our constitutional republic. And I think the spirit of the age is showing that maybe it agrees because it is beginning to attack the convention of states movement after ignoring it for many years. Uh, the guy who runs the convention of states uh, for us uh, is Mark Meckler. He's our guest here on the Glenn Beck program. So explain to our audience um, who, are, of course, are going to be very familiar with this process, but just in case. One more time, how does this work? It's right out of the Constitution. I mean, this isn't some cockamamie, you know, harebrained scheme. It's it's right out of the Constitution, Mark. And and why is it that if you guys are really a false flag operation and are going to make it even easier for the spirit of the age to finish us off, why are you guys getting attacked so mercilessly by them at the moment then? Yeah, so let's start with just sort of the how it works, the basics. Article 5 of the Constitution contains two ways to amend the Constitution. The first is the way we've always done 27 amendments. When two-thirds of either, or sorry, both houses of Congress call for an amendment, they can then put that amendment out to the states for ratification by three-quarters of the states. The alternative method, if the federal government becomes unresponsive, which clearly it is right now, is when two-thirds of the states request to gather in convention, they can then debate and propose amendments. In other words, make suggestions to the states. And those suggestions go out the same way as they did from Congress to three-quarters of the states for ratification. So what we're doing right now is putting out a resolution. 19 of the requisite 34 states have passed that resolution already, so we're way more than halfway. And it calls for discussing fiscal restraints on the federal government, like a balanced budget amendment, tax caps, spending caps, et cetera. Anything that would impose term limits on Congress, members of Congress, but also importantly, the deep state, federal officials, bureaucrats, staffers, and then finally, and I think most importantly, anything that would impose scope and jurisdiction limits on the federal government, like saying, no, you can't be involved in education or energy or in your sweet spot, our sweet spot, you can't be involved in healthcare, get out of our business. So these are things we can do. And then you're right, we do have opposition. And even by what I would now call tools or, or willing conspirators on the right who say this is going to be a runaway convention and we're going to lose our constitution. Those are absurd arguments. And by the way, if you listen to the recent book put out by Senator Russ Feingold, the socialist from Wisconsin, who was defeated by Ron Johnson, he says this is a serious effort and it's the thing that liberals should most fear. That book came out this in the last week. It's been covered extensively in the New York Times favorably, the a on ABC favorably, and pretty much everywhere else. The left is going crazy against convention of states right now because they know, as you say, this is our chance to pull the ripcord and stop leftist overreach and restore the Constitution. 
I've made the analogy in the past when I've spoken for you guys of uh, comparing the con uh, the Article 5 convention to a Hail Mary pass. That it is something that you, do, you don't do cavalierly. You don't uh, make this choice if you're down in a football game, you know, with most of the quarter to go or even with, say, five minutes to go because it's, it is not necessarily the most high percentage play out there. It can be intercepted to act as if that can't happen. I don't think is 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 you know is being honest intellectually honest but when you're sitting it towards the end of a game and the game will go final and if it goes final and you're behind on the school board that means you lost final that game will not be played again it will not be replayed you lost the game to just sit there and continue to act as if you can Hank Stram this thing and matriculate the ball down the field in the final seconds of the game is not realistic and that's when you throw that pass if you're worried about losing our Constitution, tell me exactly what part of it we have retained right this minute. Uh, it's a dead letter to at least half of this country right now. Uh, and a lot of the people that we are going to elect to defend it have really no interest in defending it, uh, or at least they lack the, the testicular fortitude to do so. We, are, we don't know what a border is. We don't know what a boy or girl is. We're doing meatball surgery on our children. Should I go on? If this is not the last few minutes of the game, I, I don't even want to contemplate then what the last few minutes of the game look like, Mark. This is, in my view, the time now that you go for the big play to try to win the game before it goes final. Yeah, and to carry on your analogy, and I think this is important, what we have in Congress right now are at best third-string quarterbacks, bench warmers, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy. These are the guys that are going to lead the charge to restore our constitutional republic. If you're putting your hope in them, then I think you're putting your hope nowhere, and it's likely to be trampled underfoot. I put my hope in the American people more broadly speaking. You speak to a lot of great patriots every day all across the country, converse with them, dialogue with them. I do the same. I've been in 48 states in the last few years. I know the grit that is still out there in the heartland of America. And I believe that we can restore the republic by using the tool the founders gave us for just this moment. Ask yourself a strategic question. What is more likely to be the effective long-term play? A, we vote these Republicans over and over again and try to take some of the names you just mentioned out in these primaries where they we get outspent all the time, uh, 70 yep. to 1, okay? That, that, that's, one, that's, the, that's one option. The other option is we call an Article 5 convention of states and we prove Samuel Adams was right that it's always been a committed minority that enacts the most social change and we just out-organize and out-galvanize at a grassroots level to make sure our people are at that convention and get the job done. What? Where? Those are your two options. Short of, let's go back to Gettysburg or Antietam, which I believe absolutely the bowels of hell is trying to provoke us to. And do not forget yep. more Americans died in Antietam than any other singular event in American history. Okay, And the Civil War was so successful that the political battles that led to it and then came from the end of it, we are still largely discussing and talking about here today, 150 years later. All right? So... Those are really your two options on the table within the current political schema that we have right now. Which of those two do you believe is most likely to be successful? I mean, from my perspective, I agree with you. We're at a fork in the road right now in American history, and the country's going to come apart one way or another. So one way is the way you described it. It's Antietam. It's the violence. And I think for people who say we should do that, they don't understand what war actually looks like. If they want to know, they should talk to a veteran who's actually been in combat or they should just look at footage from Ukraine right now if they want to see what a real war in a real modern country looks like. 
it's hideous and there's nothing good that's going to come out of that. And like you said, it doesn't really resolve anything. We're still fighting those fights today. And so our options are that or go back to federalism. And the only road back to federalism is to call a convention of states. That's why the founders put this in there. And look, you know, Steve, I, I know you talk a little bit about the potential risk. I just want to say about the risk. It takes 38 states to ratify anything that comes out of convention. Mm -hmm. And I'll challenge people. If you think you're, you're worried about an amendment that can come out of convention and be ratified by 38 states, Tell me what those 38 states are because, and what the amendment is because I've never had anybody able to do that in over nine years of promoting this cause. Where are you at right now in terms of building a critical mass? So we're at 19 states. We have over 5 million people involved. And really, I think if you want to know where we're at as far as building critical mass, look at what the left says. Our opponents on the right, the, the fringe on the right, say to us that we work for Soros, we're leftists, we're globalists. But Russ Feingold, a former U.S. senator, just put out a book on this. The New York Times is talking negatively against us. ABC, MSNBC. We had a hit piece recently from Business Insider, a leftist business publication. Uh, that was run all over the Internet, including on Vice. And AP did a hit piece against us. The left knows that we're getting close to convention. There are 31 states with both legislatures controlled by Republicans. 34, you get to convention. So we're very, very close. People want to learn more about this, Mark. Where can they go? Go to conventionofstates.com because it's important. Look, Steve, you, you work every day to educate people. Then the question becomes, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. And the answer is get involved. Go to conventionofstates.com, sign up today and get involved in the fight. If you guys are getting funded by Soros, brother, I'm charging a lot more for my next <laughs> Convention of State speaking engagement. All right. Well, we're looking forward to having you. It's going to be good, Steve. All right. One more time. Give out the website for people to learn more or to sign up if they want to. Yep. Conventionofstates.com. Click on the Take Action tab. Volunteer today. Conventionofstates.com. All right. Good to see you, brother. Take care. Thanks, Steve. You bet. I think one thing we need to consider here is that we are wrestling against principalities and not mere flesh and blood. And that the, the same people that are espousing the doctrines of demons, quite literally, actually, are hated by those exact same malevolent forces just the same. They, they're for their destruction too. And this is what you always see when these forces gain sway in a culture, is when they take out the righteous, they then turn on their own enablers and collaborators. We see this historically as well. And then I think we also have to recognize that the same Lord many of us are trying to serve by standing in the gap in this culture, speaking truth to power, speaking truth in a truthless age. Just as he died for us when we were his enemies, he died for them while they still are too. And I think this is, an, this is a very important perspective to maintain so we don't become like that which we oppose. And so that we understand what it is that led to the founding of this country we're trying to save and preserve in the first place. That we're in an era now that we're not just patriots now. Many of the foundations we're trying to conserve have been destroyed. What can the righteous do if the foundations be destroyed? And that a lot of times, 
it requires becoming a pilgrim. How did the church survive for 2,000 years against all forms of oppression, tyranny, persecution, without a Republican Party, without a U.S. Constitution? How did it survive? It understood what it meant to be a pilgrim. And I think that is something that we need to understand and recover ourselves in the era in which we live today. I'll come back in a moment and wrap things up by talking more about that here on the Glenn Beck Program. Stay tuned. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth. Final furlong here on a Tuesday after Labor Day. It's been our honor here on the Steve Day Show to fill in for Glenn Beck here today on the Glenn Beck Program. That's myself, Todd Erzin, and Aaron McIntyre. And we were just talking about how we need to also rediscover what it means to be a pilgrim, what it means to be a stranger in a strange land, to, to, to rebuild something, to reform something, to start something new, to restore something that had been lost. Uh, after the success of uh, Todd and I's number one book last year, Fauci and Bargain, uh, our publisher uh, came to me uh, and shortly after Rush passed away and said, hey, you know, we think there's a huge hole in the market for conservative children's books. Would you consider starting a series? And after thinking about it, I said, hey, only if it can be about America's Christian heritage. If it can be about that, I'll do it. If not, other people could do it better than me. They said, all right, let's go for it. So we are going to launch our very first one coming up in November, and it's titled Why Thanksgiving. The pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they loved God. This comes out in November. You can get uh, pre-sales are available today over at Amazon.com for a release in November, Why Thanksgiving, and it goes into the story of the pilgrims, the, the, the amount of providence that had to be orchestrated from above for them to even get here. For them to find a native who happened to just know the land, and this entire continent, they just landed, happened to land in a place where they found a native who had been saved from slavery by Christian missionaries in another part of the world and knew the language? What are the odds of that? Not very good, unless providence is involved. And that really is American history. It is his story. That's not white nationalism. That's American history. We use terms like Puritan nowadays to denigrate one another. Without these Puritans that got on that rickety boat called the Mayflower, none of us would be here today to enjoy things like a long Labor Day weekend. We need to recover our history. We need to understand why Thanksgiving occurred, why it was the first holiday celebration in American history so that we truly understand American history. So if you want to get a copy of it, it's available now. Why Thanksgiving? The Pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they love God. It's available today for pre-sales at Amazon. The book will release coming up here in November. Todd and Aaron, thanks for getting up early and doing this, man. We had fun. Always for that. We're back at it. Our normal show tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV, Days 20. If you want to subscribe for a 20% discount, catch us tomorrow. Subscribe to our podcast as well, John 317.